Welcome back to the Her Advantage podcast. I am your host, Mel, and this is episode three. Over the next 45 minutes, I'm going to be talking with friend and women's self-expression coach, Gemma Hanley, on the advantages of challenge and how to pay loving attention to yourself. If you enjoy this episode, please let me know or share with someone you think will need it. Enjoy. Thank you, Zoom. Good morning, Gemma. Good morning. So Gemma and I are sitting here on completely different sides of the country right now, um, both in our semi-pyjamas and our blanket, (laughs) (laughs) except Gemma's in Queensland and I'm in South Australia right now. It's not fair. Um, Gemma, how are you feeling today? Oh, gosh. I'm not one to answer questions like that with a small answer. (laughs) I'm feeling really good, but I woke up feeling consumed by the day that I had in my schedule. And how I respond to that is I immediately just making some tweaks, like what is it that I need? And so um, it's actually part of my plan to share on social media today what that's looked like. But, you know, I just got in and completely shifted around my day, had some conversations, and then within like 30 minutes, feeling good got out into the sunshine walked took myself out for brunch and now ready for some action with me the Mel (laughs) style of action so funny like I felt the same way I coached I coached in the gym all morning and I've literally squeezed you in and I was like right maybe I should reschedule this you know it needs to be a more relaxed conversation and mm-hmm. similar sort of thing I'm like what do I want to do and what do I need I'm like I need to talk to Gemma it yeah was oh, just as you said that then I'm like do we have conversations that are not relaxed no never <laughs> um, so Gem and I met online nine months ago not on the apps <laughs> no swiping <laughs> required yeah how did it start do you know I was reflecting on this I might have sent you a text the other day saying I can't remember like how we first met Mm -mm. so I've been backtracking and I think we really started connecting when you joined one of my master classes yeah right yeah like it's a real supportive sister it's really interesting that you say that because I felt guilty going on that master class I was like oh I don't want to be like I don't want her to feel like I'm judging or like coming in to scoop in to see what it's like when you run a masterclass. Like I was genuinely there to hear you speak your craft because, and we'll get into this, Gemma speaks her craft so beautifully. Um, But yeah, it's it's interesting that that's the way you took it. I love hearing how we reflect on these moments. Yeah. Yeah. I felt so supported by having you there because what we should say is we met through um, a business coaching group. We've shared the same business coach. Yeah. Um, so that setting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is going to turn into another relationship talk and it's not, but you know, Gemma <laughs> and I did, we had, we met electronically, uh, through social media and yes, through this bu- business membership and never actually met in person. And then we had the opportunity to meet in person in December and it was just so organic. Like it was so easy to go, yeah, cool. We're meeting up. Let's do this. Like Gemma's about to tell another story, but <laughs> no, I'm, not. I'm just reflecting of you rocking up in your convertible and jumping out and giving me a big hug. And I'm like, yeah, 
this is the vibe. Let's go. Yeah. Um, just for the record, I don't actually drive a convertible. I was definitely <laughs> borrowing my mom's car at that point. But we do have a pattern in our relationship of Mel being, Mel and I being in New South Wales, which is where her mum lives, and her picking me up from the airport or an Airbnb in the convertible. And Get in, I'm girl. We're going away. driving. <laughs> Um, so it was just a really easy friendship. And I think what I want, the message I want to take out from that is that social media can be a really dark place and it Mm. also can be a really, really light place. And as authentic as you are in yourself, you attract these people into your life. And yeah, you, you started the ball rolling for me for that and making these organic connections. So thank you for, uh, sliding into my DMs and coming into my life. (laughs) My pleasure, girl. It's so funny because I still remember one of the voice messages you sent me at first where you were sort of like leaning out a little bit and I was asking you some questions and you didn't answer and I called you on it. Like I asked you about it because I'm, I really, really value deep connections and just being real with what is and you were going through something a little bit challenging at the time. And you bounce back and you're like, you know, I don't want you to feel like you're coaching me or whatever. And I responded to you saying, oh, really? I was under the impression we were becoming friends. And so (laughs) we had a giggle about that and then we're off and running. It took me a long time to open up to you, though, because I was ashamed of what I was going through and felt Mm. like it was a really trivial thing for a girl in her 30s to go through. Um, And you coming across so confident and, like I said, so certain of your craft, I was like, oh, I don't want her to see my weaknesses, essentially, and I don't want her to see this emotional side of me. And ever, I think it was, again, that message that you said to me, you know, I was under the impression we were becoming friends. I was like, there's no judgment here. Like I can just speak freely and it's not, and it's not for her to listen. It's for me to listen. It's for me to listen to what I'm saying and have, give myself a chance to step into that. So thank you for Mm. providing that platform. My pleasure. And I'd like to think I don't judge, (laughs) but I do because I'm human. (laughs) And I personally, I'm more inclined to judge people, not judge people, but like, when I talk about um, depth and authenticity being such high values of mine, like what draws me into a relationship, this is way better, a way better way to explain it than judgment. What draws me in, what is attractive, what has me wanting to spend and invest more time with someone is their ability to be vulnerable and be real with what is happening. I find it unattractive And it's not wrong or bad. I mean, I'm talking about who I used to be. We're all on a journey. The only reason Um, you know that is because you recognize that. That's right. That person. Yeah. That's right. But that is something that I just, I would be forcing myself to engage with um, for for the stage that I'm in in life right now. So, Mm -hmm. So I think that most people that are going to listen to this kind of know who you are and know who I am, but can you, What's the elevator pitch of who you are and what you do? <laughs> Gemma's like, well, internally combusting. Like, I don't do elevator pitches. <laughs> I haven't heard that word in ages. Uh, so I'm a women's self-expression coach. And what that means is I work with women who feel like their emotions are controlling their lives and blocking them or getting in the way of them feeling confident and happy. 
Yeah. And so part of the experience they're having is that they're going into each day feeling like it's a battle or like they're having to fight against themselves as they strive to have more of what they want in their life. And more often than not, these women are experiencing anxiety and the emotions that surround anxiety. So overwhelm, fear, panic, stress, frustration. Yeah. And if you were to ask me, Mel, like what is the one thing that causes anxiety and emotional turmoil to thrive in a woman's life? I would say it's disconnection from self. And like we've touched on, I know that because I was really good at disconnecting from myself. From myself, It was my experience of life for at least 23 years. And so in order for us to be disconnecting from ourselves and how I was showing up during that time is I was using reference points for happiness and success that were outside of me. Yeah, so I was looking to other people, other places, other things. And in order for me to be referencing outside of me, I had to simultaneously be shutting down and ignoring who I was, what was happening inside me. So my gut instincts, the sensations in my body, um, my intuitive knowing, yeah. And when we suppress by shutting down and ignoring who we are, basically telling us, telling ourselves, it's not, I'm not okay as I am. Our body will express on our behalf. It is so intelligent that it makes us so physically uncomfortable, whether that is through emotions or physical symptoms, because that's the language of the body speaking to us, that we have to start paying attention to ourselves, yeah, loving attention to ourselves and figuring out who am I, yeah, who am I as Gemma, not who do people think I should be, how do they think I should show up or behave, What's true for me? Yeah. And as we begin to explore that and understand that and express from that, self-express from that space of what is honest and true for us, those experiences of long-term emotional emotions or like ongoing emotional discomfort, they no longer need to be there because you're listening to what they're communicating to you. Yeah. I am never going to say that you'll reach an experience in life where you don't experience painful emotions. I don't believe that that is available if you're someone who is real and authentic and living in reality. Um, but what, what is not normal and what you don't have to live with is the ongoing cycles and the prolonged experiences of painful emotions. And so... What I do, what my work is, is I help women to understand themselves, yeah, and from that place they're then able to achieve happiness and confidence. There's so much in that and, you know, I think you ending where you just did leads into our first point that we want to discuss really well, the advantages of challenge and growth, Mm. Um, but there's something I picked up in that, you know, when you said I help women lovingly get curious about themselves that word lovingly it just changes the statement because when our symptoms are showing up when our frustrations and anxieties are showing up we're asking questions we're getting but I think it often leads down the path of further frustration or band-aiding or further suppression but you throw that word loving in 
and it completely changes the dynamic of um, the questions that you're asking. What do you, I'm going to ask one more question. What do you think it is, or can you see a common theme in what women want? Like you said, you help women use their emotions to get through what they want. Is there a common theme there? Yeah, I mean, I think success and happiness is what they want. And for most of us, when we're honest about that, it's more of a feeling from within ourselves than an actual like like tangible portrayal. Yeah. So we can have, you know, the best of the best in tangible form, material items. But if you are left feeling empty and unfulfilled within, it actually means fucking nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's that tangible feeling and knowing from within ourselves that we're brilliant, that we are capable, that we are intelligent, that we're beautiful and that we're freaking amazing. Yeah. Because the women that I'm, I speak with and that work with me, they've gotten to the point where they realize it's just like a never ending grasp for more and more and more when they look outside of themselves, whether that's a person propping up their self-esteem or a material item or a, like a, a financial goal. Yeah. Or even the boxes, you know, gone to uni, had kids, yeah. got married, like, oh, I've ticked yeah. these things and I'm still feeling like yeah. something's missing. Yeah. Yeah. And that is like particularly in your th- when you get to your 30s, if you're still operating on that model, that is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for sure. And I absolutely agree with what you're saying with the questions piece because we can ask the same question in two different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can ask what, what is going on? Like how, why am I here? How have I gotten here? Yeah, and we can ask it in a tone or a narrative where we feel defeated and where we just don't really know where the answer is or how to find it. Or we can ask that from like a curious place where we are determined to get to the bottom of what is going on there. And we know that when we find out what those answers are, they might be confronting, they might be hard, but then we've got the actual, like I think you mentioned the word data earlier, we've got the data to, to make some change around and to use. So, mm. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you to start our first bullet point. The, we want to talk about the advantages of challenge. When did you just talked about how, you know, the reason that you recognize this in other women is because you had to go through these challenges yourself and, Mm -hmm. you know, you were using external measures to measure your own self-worth, let's say. What was the first sort of light bulb moment for you to start recognizing your habits in and recognize that the habit wasn't beneficial for you? Mm, It's really interesting because my experience of this, like I was not willing to hear the whispers. I wasn't even willing to hear like the loud shouts. I needed the megaphone. (laughs) And so for me, I allowed things and I'm going to revisit that language with you in a minute, but I allowed things 
to get so bad that I was in a space of dis-ease, dysfunction, disharmony that looked like blacking out from panic attacks while I was driving, uh, so, so deeply depressed that I was having suicidal thoughts and my body was so chronically fatigued that I was like housebound, I was bedbound, for six months, a good day for me was having the strength to sit in a wheelchair for 30 to 60 minutes so that my dad could like push me around and I could get some fresh air. And so, and I can't even remember specifically what you asked me, but I think the question was when, when was that tipping point for you that you were willing to, I was willing to look at, okay, these habits or this way of being is not working for me. So that would have been it for me. I I definitely want to have kindness and compassion for myself in that I wasn't completely avoiding or looking away from or shutting down those gut instincts and sensations that were happening in my body along the way that were leading me there. But it wasn't an I wasn't making it enough of a priority for change to be happening. Yeah. So, you know, I'd seen 18 different specialists. I'd started focusing on nutrition, but alongside that, I was still maintaining the states of being that allowed the anxiety, the depression, the chronic fatigue to thrive. Now, when I say allow, I'm not saying that from a perspective of, well, I knew it was going to get as bad as it did. And I just allowed that to keep continuing. If whatever we are choosing, so the fact that I continued to choose those states of being, it was benefiting me at the time. Yeah, it felt too painful for me to look at those things. It felt too, after seeing 18 practitioners that could not pinpoint or tell me what was going on, it felt too defeating for me to open to the potential of another dead, what felt like another dead end. Yeah, so I maybe I could have been more proactive, but in allowing myself to continue down the other path, um, there was comfort in that as well as it being painful as well. It's comfort, but it's you. I, I guess, like you said, you don't know any better. So yes, you know, at that stage where you were at, the clear path was to seek medical ad- advice, and yeah. then still continue what you had to do, still go to work, still show up for your partner, still put money away, still be ticking those boxes. And if the medical, like your only option was the medical route, like to, yeah, listen to other practitioners talk about you. Um, So yes, we talk about allowing in terms of not, yeah, not knowing any better essentially. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily that you're consciously aware that you're allowing things to take place, yeah, or that things might need more attention than you've been giving them. But if I go back to your question, the tipping point of where I did become aware of that was when, yeah, those those things were the anxiety, the depression, the chronic fatigue was really thriving. Uh, So, yes, was not. Let me reword it then. At what point did you get to there that you realised you didn't have to keep up with society's norms and you didn't have to 
those boxes that we were ticking and things mm. like that, when was that real? When did that become a reality? And you thought, hang on a minute, there's another option here. Great question. I don't think that there was one specific moment. Because, I mean, just to give a little bit of background, you're in real estate at this point? No, no. Well, so I would say that up until the last five years, I've never felt well. Mm -hmm. Health had always been a struggle for me uh, emotionally and physically. And so I had stepped out of selling property because I could see that it just wasn't working. I was physically exhausted and I was on the verge of panic attacks daily just because of what that role was demanding of me, but probably more so than that. It was just so out of alignment with who I was uh, and my self-esteem and my self-worth was so low and it's a profession that asks you to really know who you are and what you stand for. Yeah, You'll, it requires leadership from you and it's really hard to lead when you don't know who you are or what you stand for. And so I'd left that role and moved into uh, the construction industry and I was working as an EA to CEOs running construction businesses at that time because I wanted to move to more of a Monday to Friday framework um, and less hours, yeah. Still um, corporate, still high stress. Oh, yeah. Still a yeah. traditional job. Yeah. Um, and so but was because- it from construction that you then we're going to like fast track this a little bit, like that you then got sick and had to go overseas to see your dad or to be with your dad? I was sick the whole time. But it was really where I reached the point where I was willing to look at the reality of this isn't going to get better unless I take a break and Mm -hmm. I'm coming to work, walking up the stairs, feeling like I'm going to collapse at the top Mm -hmm. and I'm anxious until about 3 p.m. because I don't know if I'm physically going to make it through the day. Mm -hmm. So then in you starting to reconnect with your body, I'm not even going to say heal, reconnect with your body. Yeah. Um, when did you decide that this was something you wanted to do? Yeah, it was around that point in time. Mm-hmm. When you say this, you mean reconnection with myself? Yeah, and then coach other women to do the same. Yeah, I mean, at that point in time, I would have been in therapy for close to three years. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd been on medication. I'd come off that medication. Um, So I don't think it's fair to myself to suggest that I wasn't already exploring and pouring a lot of time, love, energy and attention into reconnecting with myself. But what I was doing or what the shift was that... um, the things I'd been trying, like they were helping, but they weren't making a difference. They weren't the skills or the resources I needed to empower change that was going to last. I absolutely love how, again, you just articulated that. You know, you looked back at that time 
when, and I'm going to speak on behalf of women here, I'm sure it happens in men too. You know, you do, you were at therapy for three years. You were starting to take action steps towards that happiness that you were wanting to feel and create. Mm-hmm. And it took a while to actually find something that was going to create that and work for you. And when you look back at those three years, it wasn't a waste. It wasn't a failure. It was just the steps that you were taking. And I really think that there's a lot of messages, like I said, in the language that you just used to describe that part of your journey, that be- at beginning end, I don't know where that part, where that fat mm-hmm. fit into your journey, but just not again, sh- showing so much love and attention to yourself that there's been no bad bits. Every little bit Mm. has led you into where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. And of course it doesn't always feel like that. In fact, more often than not, it does not feel like that in those times. Um, But I can look back on that now and I hand on heart can tell you they were the most important experiences of my life I'm so freaking grateful and appreciative and I actually like it scares me to think what my life might be like if I didn't go through those things well firstly you and I wouldn't have met so (laughs) (laughs) exactly like so dark your life would just be so dark (laughs) right and that is just one thing on the longest list of amazing experiences and connections and opportunities that just would not have crossed my path without this hardship and challenge being present. So how can you, how do you support women through this process? How can we teach women that are listening or that are again starting to get curious about their challenges how can they use their challenges to their advantage and start to see their challenges as an advantage do they have to move through it to be able to recognize that move through the challenge Mm. I think the first the first piece is a really intentional decision I can bang on about what a decision actually means. We <laughs> might go there. But a really intentional decision to step out of the narratives that you've been fed your entire life yeah, and to question everything, get curious about everything. Lovingly curious. Lovingly. Uh, I sent an email last night. Did you read it? Not yet. What? I know, so was, um, we'll just hit pause on record. I'll go, <laughs> go, let's go read it. <laughs> um, for those of you playing at home, Gemma and I are obsessed with Shits Creek and <laughs> I changed my name on her mailing list to Devit. And so every time <laughs> she s- slides into my inbox, I hear it's usually the mum being like, Devit. <laughs> okay, continue on your tangent. So I was just talking about one of my first experiences of this, Mm -hmm. of being willing to question everything and to question the narratives that I've been exposed to throughout my life because most of how we are perceiving and viewing the world is conditioning that we've received but not questioned, yeah? 
And to be able to question it, first we have to be able to even see the frame that we're using, the lens that we're looking through. And so one of the first books I read in the self-expression, self-understanding space was called The Road Less Travelled. Can't remember the author, can't even remember too much about what it said. Mm -hmm. But what I can remember is this experience of just my mind being blown page after page after page where this alternative reality was presented to me where things that I thought had never been possible for me or just couldn't work for me, all of a sudden my mind was being open to how they might be able to work for me. And so I felt bamboozled. And, and this is a barrier for women changing as well. As soon as something feels hard or complex or difficult to grasp, a lot of the time we just we put it in the too hard category we want to give up. And actually what is happening in those moments is your neurology is shifting and changing. And if we want to be able to perceive a new way of being, we have to be willing to hold patience and presence and kindness with ourselves when we feel stupid because <laughs> we don't understand something. And so whilst I was reading this book, I felt like every page, sometimes every chapter, I was like putting it down and probably just like staring into space because I was having this experience of, well, if this is true, if what I'm reading here is true, then that means this other thing that I've based my life, my beliefs, my uh, perception of what's available to me on cannot be true anymore. Yeah, if this is true, this cannot be true. And so, again, I've forgotten the question you even asked me, but that is the beginning of how we can begin to look at challenges because so long as we take things like this is hard, this is painful, I don't know the answer right here, right now, if we take those things to mean we're going in the wrong direction, we can't have what we want, we are never, ever, ever going to access joy, happiness, confidence, the feeling that we are brilliant, intelligent, capable, beautiful, freaking amazing, yeah. Inherent in significant change, yeah. And, and I would suggest any woman that is feeling anxious, overwhelmed, stressed, depressed, depleted, hopeless, defeated, unhappy, they're not looking for a little bit of change. Yeah, they're looking for significant change and growth. Inherent in significant change and growth is hard. It feels freaking hard. Yeah, I say this to my clients all the time. They're like, this is hard. I'm like, yeah, it's really fucking hard. And that's great. That means change is happening. Yeah, if it feels easy, you're running the old patterns that have gotten you the old results that you've always had that keep you stuck over here. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know the answers because we're doing something new. We are doing it differently. And so there has to be this willingness, like I said before, of patience and kindness and presence with self, this allowance for us to get it wrong or find out things that don't work and for that to be okay. So it's that 
you know, if that if they can change one thing and getting curious about the depression, their anxiety, they're feeling uncomfortable. It's recognizing that that is a nervous system response and to even just be okay with being in that position of being uncomfortable is sort of the first step to breaking through or understanding it, correct? Yeah, I would say it, it is. It's a willingness to allow your nervous system to expand and your neurology to expand. And it's gaining this understanding, working with this understanding, allowing this understanding that what you've believed in the past, how you've perceived things in the past is perhaps actually different to what is true. I was just going to go with, and, you know, mate, because we've spent so much of our lives using the external as a measure for our self-worth or our happiness or, um, definition of success when we start to understand our pain and discomfort another fear comes through that everything that we've worked for we're going to lose the relationships that we Mm. hold important we're going to lose or we're going to sacrifice or they're not going to show up for us and so maybe that discomfort is worth it if we can just keep these things in our life can you speak on that at all yeah yeah for sure what I'd love to speak to is how that holds us back. Mm. And so an analogy that ties into this answer and the previous little bit that we just spoke about is the field. Have you heard me talk about this before, being on the field? No. Are you about right. to teach me something? Oh, I have heard. Ignore. <laughs> <laughs> of course I've heard. So one fan. You know, I use the contrast in this analogy of are you sitting on the sidelines or are you on the field? And sitting on the sidelines by no means is being completely passive or disengaged with your life and, and what change would ask of you. But being on the sidelines is collecting information and knowledge. So in this analogy, an example of that would be, you know, you're wearing the uniform, you've turned up to all the trainings to increase your fitness, you know, the drills. Uh, you know the names of your teammates. Uh, you're sitting that you're present at the game. You're sitting on the sidelines. Maybe you're even running up and down the field along the sidelines, warming up, getting ready to step onto the field. Yeah. And it's when we decide that we're, you know, the opportunity comes up and the coach says, you know, you're on, it's your turn. It's not until we step over that white painted line on the grass and step onto the field that we're actually making the decision to do things differently and to show up differently. And what that's going to ask of us, we're talking about a field we haven't played on before. Yeah. So the ball's going to start coming in our direction and it might be a ball we've, we've never caught it before. Yeah. Or we've never had it heading in our direction at that intensity. And so we drop the ball. We're tackled to the ground. We're getting covered in dirt and mud and the mess. We're not even really sure which end our team's goals are at. Yeah. So sometimes we're like, oh, shit, I've just kicked a goal for the other team or I'm heading in the wrong direction. And the more time we allow ourselves to be on that field. So this is like the nervous system expansion, the neurology expansion. The more we begin to learn, oh, okay, when I drop the ball, I can actually pick that up again. And the game keeps going. When I get tackled to the ground, I can stand up again. 
And at the end of this game in this season of growth, I can jog it off to the change rooms and I can shower and wash off the dirt and mud and have some relief before I head back on to the next, you know, the next quarter or the next game. And so a great question to ask, like when we're going through that experience, it's really easy to focus on everything we might lose, everything we might be asked to let go of. Or the fear and, of judgment. Oh, my God, they're going to judge me because I kicked a goal for the yeah. other team. They're going to judge me because yeah. I dropped the ball. Yeah. Caring so much about what other people think. Yeah. Uh, and so one of the questions I invite women into there is let's spend as much time focusing on all the things you would need to let go of as we do focusing on all the things you're going to gain and all the rewards that you're going to feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't sit here and lie and say that with each significant growth season or elevation in your life, you get to maintain and hold on to everything that's been present up until this point. You just can't because the people, the places, the environments, the experiences, they're going to be woven into the state of being that is holding you where you are right now. And so you know, let's use our friendship as an example. If I had not have been willing to let go of money to invest in and gain business advice, I also wouldn't have gained the friendship with you. And that wasn't something you expected. So there are all these other benefits that you just don't know what door that opens. That's right. Yeah. Does that answer your question? It does. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably a topic in itself to really understand the, the, that fear of letting go. Um, yeah. And I mean, it leads into our next point really well. Um, the advantages of spending money and allowing that nervous system to expand and putting yourself first when you're so fucking scared of everything you've got to lose, but Mm. know that it's time to step up for yourself. Mm. There was not a question there. (laughs) Jem was like, "Mm," and like intently listening. And I'm like, eek. (laughs) Um, And so it's, uh, you know, we're speaking on this because, Again, I mean, it's something that we face in our everyday life, the thought of spending money. And it's quite easy to spend $5 here or there on a chai or a coffee or, you know, $20 on breakfast. But then if it comes to spending, you know, $500, $1,000, on coaching to level up, to step up, to improve myself rather than that coffee that just makes me feel like I've got a little hug in a cup of a morning, um, there's a big difference there. Mm. And again, that expansion of the nervous system to know, hey, I am worth five hundred, a thousand, five thousand dollars to get myself understanding that I'm a step closer to insert definition of happiness, insert definition mm. of success here. Mm. Do you have something to say on that? Yeah, a couple of things. The first things I want to the first thing I want to say is like, even with, so I've got 10 years of self-understanding, self-expression, 
in my personal life and then in my training behind me as well. And I know you have a significant amount behind you too. Each elevation still calls you and I into deeper acknowledgement of our worth and invitation into heal, into healing uh, and releasing more of that conditioning, yeah, or more of society's standards or society's way of saying how things are done for us, yeah. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you when you struggle with that. It's just not the, it's not the common way things are done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so all of these conversations we're having, even as I'm reflecting on where we just were with that, you know, the letting go and the relationships or the way of being that has to be let go of, what makes that challenging is it asks us to source our own needs from within ourselves. Yeah, because because what we're actually doing is we're we're elevating and stepping into a way of being that might conflict with what other people think, with what other people agree with, with how other people perceive happiness and success. And so if our behaviour conflicts with what we would need to do in order to be approved by those people, loved by those people, accepted by those people, You're left in a position of, can I validate myself? Can I acknowledge myself? Can I affirm to myself that I am worthy of this? Yeah. Because it's like you're trying on letting go of those external validations. And that's when the nervous system is triggered. That's when we feel exposed and uncertain and like, oh, this is scary really scary like my nervous system felt exposed you hear my nervous system felt exposed hearing you say those things yeah it's like being on the field naked yeah (laughs) all for a little bit of nudity but uh yeah no yeah (laughs) not when it's cold and and muddy yeah most of us aren't willing to tolerate that we're not willing to hold our nervous system and the discomfort in that space Mm -mm. now that's not as simple as I have this skill or I don't have this skill Mm -hmm. and I'm choosing this or I'm not choosing this again, lovingly. Okay. Well, like what does the first step look like in it feeling safe for me to hold my nervous system in uncertainty? Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what I work with uh, because we can have the best strategy. So say there's a hard conversation that needs to happen. I can give you so much strategy around that. Communication needs boundaries. To only look at the strategy piece is to still be suppressing, ignoring, denying and treating yourself pretty unkindly. What is happening in your physiology? What is happening in your psychology in that moment? What are the sensations in your body? What are your gut instincts? What's your intuitive knowing? And how can you love yourself in that and support yourself in that and meet your own needs in that? Yeah. Uh, That's what we're talking about here. That's what releases us to be able to make decisions that don't conform with the masses, but do conform with what is true for inside of us and in our heart. 
And so money, yeah, like probably sex and money are the two biggest, most controversial uh, areas in life that you can stray from conforming to, right? Mm -hmm. So I have just made this week the biggest single investment in myself via a new coach that I have ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've spent tens and thousands of dollars all up on coaching, uh, but this is the biggest single investment. And I know that if I shared that with some people in my life, they'd literally scoff at me mm-hmm. Yeah, because they wouldn't even be able to comprehend doing that. Mm-hmm. Investing in ourselves is not the common thing that's done. Yeah, It's not typically seen through mass society as a successful thing to do or an intelligent and safe investment to make. For me, I don't know that there's a more worthy investment than in ourselves Mm -hmm. because we are the creator of all things in our life. But, yeah, for sure, any time we buck the trend or uh, behave in a way that doesn't conform and then the flow-on effect from that is other people who are not willing to do that feel really uncomfortable. And in turn try and make you uncomfortable. Yeah, We'll often feel the backlash from that, Mm -hmm. even if the backlash is simply them withdrawing a little bit because they don't know how to engage Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, in this version of you that you're becoming. My mind right now, like my last 12 months has probably been my biggest growth period in my 34 years of life. And I think you just put everything into perspective in that one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Something I want to talk on just, you know, about Jem and my relationship there and understanding all of this growth and the advantages of challenge and growth and letting go is that in the last couple of months when Gemma and I have shared with each other something that is challenging for us, you know, the first question we ask is, are you okay? What do you need? And when we've sort of worked through that, we then cheer each other on and we're like, fuck yes, girl. Like you're like, this is another breakthrough for you. We know what's on the other side of this. And we get so freaking excited. And it's not because we're sadistic and we like to see people in pain, but we know what's on the other side of that. I actually did it to a client yesterday in a call and I don't think she was ready for me to be her cheer squad in that pain moment. (laughs) I felt really bad after it. (laughs) She was okay. (laughs) But this is a perfect example of you providing her the opportunity Mm. to redefine what pain means. Mm. Yeah, her experiencing you, celebrating her in pain Mm -hmm. and celebrating that she is capable to hold herself there and dare to think that there's anything different dare to think that you know this pain is a sign of growth not just um a sign of needing some external validation Mm. um and even yeah recognizing that you know if someone had said that to me 12 months ago I would have been like you're an asshole fuck you I'm in pain (laughs) yeah um yeah Okay, well, we have to wrap up. We could keep going, but Gemma has to leave me. (laughs) Uh, Any final notes on that, Gem? (sighs) Can I just say how perfect your name is? Like, any final notes on that, Gem? Like, everything we've just talked about is a massive gem, you know, which it has been, but your name is just so perfect for you. 
no there we go thank you I don't think there's anything else to add other than you know just in this like I'm sitting here we're obviously on video and I just this is what makes life worthwhile this is what brings a depth of meaning to life being able to sit here and have these real raw honest conversations and be seen be held be loved be accepted regardless of what state you're in there's no show there's no facade uh there's no requirement for you to show up in a certain way in order to be received um so that's available to all of us Mm -hmm. and it requires us to begin with ourselves showing that to ourselves first um, and I, you know what I'm going to put an invitation out here like if anyone's listening to this and they're feeling really uncomfortable with the idea of this reach out to Gemma and I like we are safe spaces we are mm-hmm. here to listen and yeah if it's feeling uncomfortable start the conversation with someone that can hold space with you um, maybe your current network isn't doing that for you and know that there are definitely people out there that will hold the space um and then maybe you then in turn hold a space for someone else. Like that's how the domino effect happens. Um, but don't just sit there feeling uncomfortable and go, oh, no, this isn't for me. Reach out to someone who will hold the space for you. Absolutely. Cool. Um, well, it was lovely chatting to you, Gem. I will no doubt send you 100 voice messages after this. <laughs> um, have an awesome day. You too, girl. I love you so much. Thank you. I love you too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Isn't that just the most powerful episode? She is just the most magic woman when she speaks about her craft. And I know that you're not watching the video audio. You're just listening to the audio of this. But her entire aura changes when she speaks about this topic. And if you ever want to work with someone, you want to make sure they have that glow when they talk about their topic. Um, if you want to reach out to Gemma, you can find her on Instagram at Gemma Hanley, and I will add that to the show notes. Um, but also myself at Mel underscore K underscore X fizz. So thank you so much for listening and I will be in your ears. Episode four.